Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hey guys, Olivia Allen Price here. I want to give you a quick heads up about an upcoming event. We're hosting a Bay Curious Trivia Night in San Francisco this March. There will be Bay Area-themed questions, prizes, and all sorts of other trivia fun. Hang on at the end of the episode for more details. All right, on with the show. Last summer, Katie Chin was in her art studio. I am an artist and work for an art gallery called Aggregate Space over in Oakland. She's a big podcast listener, likes to listen to them on two times speed while she paints. I I like, you know, trying to think about many different disparate ideas uh, while I'm painting. Uh, It's a a good creative fuel. One day, she got sucked into this story by the indicator from Planet Money. It was about this famous deli in New York City, Katz's Delicatessen. It's actually the oldest Jewish deli in the country. We've been here 130 years, and we've always just kind of been the, the center of the Lower East Side. The owner, Jake Dell, was in trouble. The neighborhood around the deli had gotten fancier, and property taxes were expensive. The deli was on the brink of shutting its doors. But then, Dell learned they were sitting under a whole lot of money. In New York City, you can buy and sell the air above and around your building, trade it away so a real estate developer somewhere else can build taller. The deli was able to stay open because they sold their air. That got Katie in Oakland wondering if air could save some of the places she cares about. Are there similar mechanisms that art spaces and nonprofits can take advantage of? I'm Olivia Allen Price. This is Bay Curious, the podcast that answers listener questions about the Bay Area. This week, we're taking a closer look at the real estate of the sky in San Francisco. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast. With an S. Thanks. To find out if air is a hot commodity in the Bay Area, reporter Sarah Craig takes us to the highest tower in San Francisco. This is actually the first time I've been inside. I've been around it 
I'm in the lobby of the Salesforce Tower with Corey Teague. He's the zoning administrator for the city. Looking out the glass walls, Teague says the tower would have been 100 feet shorter, only 51 floors, not 61, if they didn't take advantage of a program called the Transfer of Development Rights. Which we just call TDR for short because we use acronyms for everything. The TDR program is San Francisco's version of an air market. When they built the tower, Salesforce had to buy airspace from the TDR program to build higher, and it helped them go up 10 more stories. And you get the maximum that we have here, which is 1,000 feet in height. A very tall building, basically. A very tall, the tallest in San Francisco. How high you build depends on two things. The first is where the building is located. In some neighborhoods, like the Sunset, buildings can only be about 40 feet high, about four stories. But downtown, the city allows buildings as tall as 1,000 feet high. The second thing that determines how high you can build is the amount of land you build on. But TDR helps you to go beyond these two limiting factors and build higher. You know, on paper, for every property, we have kind of this theoretical cube where development can occur. But that theoretical cube of space that Salesforce had to build in wasn't as big as they wanted. So they basically had to find some unused cube above another building. They found a building down by the waterfront that had a cube of air for sale that was exactly the size they were looking for. And so in the easiest sense, it's literally transferring that cube of space and adding it on top of their cube to give them an even bigger cube to build within. The TDR program here in San Francisco is not like the program in New York. Here you can only buy extra cube space from historical buildings. That's something that's a little bit unique to San Francisco. Most of the TDR programs in the country are not necessarily focused on historic preservation. Once these buildings sell their air rights, they're required to use some of those funds to maintain the actual structure like making it earthquake-proof or repairing the facade. They have to basically keep that building up over time, um, and that helps preserve that historic structure. The TDR program was created in 1985, just after the city saw a huge development boom. There was an explosion of high-rise office buildings, and people were worried that historical buildings would be demolished and lost forever. There was a term that was thrown around by, by some folks called uh, Manhattanization. San Francisco's program has helped preserve more than 100 historical buildings downtown. And Teague says he's happy it's not letting some of our vertical space go to waste. The development rights that were there aren't just going unused. They're going for additional development somewhere else in the city, like where we're standing, that can accommodate it and where we do need that development. And so it's really a win-win. That answer is part of Katie's question. But she also wants to know who the air market can help. She heard that in New York City, a lot of nonprofits and art spaces can actually sell the airspace above their buildings. And then I was really curious if there was something similar that, you know, other art spaces could take advantage of, but on the other coast. I talked to the planning department, the mayor's office, arts organizations, even a TDR broker. But in all of San Francisco, I managed to only find one art space that has used the program, the Luggage Store Gallery. It's on Market Street downtown. And this is the main gallery space, and we have... Lori Laser is the co-founder of the gallery. We're looking at um, mythical figures skateboarding. They're kind of soft, sage green, and 
She's seen many arts organizations go through the struggle of staying in the city. A lot of artists left the city and a lot of spaces just went, they blossomed and then they fell. But the story of the luggage store is a bit different. It starts when Lori first saw the building. So one day I was riding my bike down Market Street and I'm always looking and I saw these windows And at that time, there were these light fixtures, and it just looked like really glorious. Before long, Lori was renting the space. But a few years later, when the owner died, the building went up for sale. Lori and her co-founder didn't want to leave, so they managed to find enough wealthy investors to buy it and lease it back to them. But in 2013, when the real estate market was doing very well, those investors came back to Lori with bad news. So basically, a couple of the partners said, you know what, we want to sell. In order to stay in the building, Lori and her partner had to buy it from the investors. That's when Lori remembered they could use the TDR program. They sold their air rights for more than $200,000. So we sold, I think, three stories. So it helped us significantly because raising $200,000 for us is a lot of work. Lori and her co-founder are still paying off their investors, slowly. They have until 2022 to raise $1.7 million more. And at least in this case, a little bit of air kept one arts organization alive. That was reporter Sarah Craig. Thanks to Katie Chin for asking this week's question, and to the makers of The Indicator podcast for inspiring her question. In the end, the TDR program won't help out most of San Francisco's arts organizations. But there are some other efforts being made to keep the arts alive in the Bay Area. We compiled a list of some of those resources online at baycurious.org. Okay, now for details about Bay Curious Trivia Night. It's on March 14th at Manny's in San Francisco. That's in the Mission. Tickets are $10 and include one drink. You can grab some friends or come alone and we'll assemble some teams on the spot. Here's a question to get you warmed up. The song Little Boxes, which you might recognize as a theme song from the show Weeds, was written about what Bay Area city? Find the answer to that question and tickets for Bay Curious Trivia Night on our website, baycurious.org. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. Little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes made of ticky-tacky Little boxes on little side Little boxes all the same There's a pink one and a green one And a blue one and a yellow one And they're all made out of ticky-tacky And they all look just the same And the people in the houses All went to the university Where they were put in boxes And they came out all the same And there's doctors and lawyers And business executives And they're all made out of ticky-tacky And they all look just the same And they all play on the golf course And drink their martinis dry And they all have pretty children And the children go to school And the children go to summer camp And then to the university Where they are put in boxes And they come out all the same 
and the boys go into business and marry and raise a family in boxes made of ticky-tacky and they all look just the same. There's a pink one and a green one and a blue one and a yellow one and they're all made out of ticky-tacky and they all look just the same. Hi, Big Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks.